This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, y'all? It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. It's your girl, Nat and Justin. We are here. And uh, Justin, let me take a temperature check with you because I don't know what our temperatures are individually, but I don't. <laughs> Dubs Twitter. Dubs Nation on Dubs Twitter. Woo! It's been a lot. It's been a lot since they lost. The other night, by the way, two last two minute report comes out, says that they didn't inbound the ball in enough time on that last play to chat. So went longer than it should have. So shouldn't have even been, shouldn't even been their ball. But you know what? That's why you don't let things get into the hands of referees, right? Yeah. Human error is... Possible. And you know if that was the other way around and the Warriors had won the game, we'd be hearing all about it. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Crickets right now. So, Justin, <clears throat> how are you feeling about our beloved dubs? Um, Annoyed, but, I mean, it's it's been the same thing all season. Like, you're just waiting for guys to play better. You know, nothing's going to happen with the team anytime soon. So you can only just hope that guys play better. But, you know, 10 and 12, you can argue they've blown four opportunities at wins against very good teams. So imagine if they're 14 and eight instead. Um, But, yeah, I mean, people are saying, oh, the Warriors are bad. No, they're not bad. They're just towing this line between mediocre they're just mediocre and they're towing the line between being good and bad consistently they'll have stretches of games where they look dominant and they'll have stretches of games where they just look like a complete disaster and ultimately it averages out to them just being super mid and they're losing close games to you know good teams right so that's not going to do much for you in terms of winning a championship that's why everybody is frustrated and wants changes but ultimately, they are just as close to being a good team as they are to being a legitimately bad team. So just annoyed with them. Yeah. 
I gotta tell you, for me right now, life is lifing. So I don't really have the ability to let the warriors impact me greatly because, uh, you know, I think the warriors can still be good, like you said. But I don't know. I don't know if they're going to turn it around. And if they don't, like, Steph still needs to get some more rings. So that goal, you know, cannot go away. But this iteration of the Warriors probably will. And by this iteration, I mean the core. I don't mean, like, their surrounding pieces. You know, I think if you have another year where they don't really do much... I don't see how you can just go again and be like, oh, we're just gonna, you know, I don't, I don't see it. And I, I'd i be really curious what's gonna happen with Kerr because technically they just didn't renew, re-up him. So it wouldn't be a firing per se. It would just be a mm-hmm. decision not to continue with him. Right. I mean, it's right now it's trending towards me saying like the same thing right like either either a member of the core core which is like the three particularly clay because he hasn't been extended Mm -hmm. or steve kerr or both you know there could be changes with those guys going forward if i had to guess it would be kerr gone before clay is gone I, i would think but yeah, but I think I think if Clay stays, it's not in the same role and capacity. I just don't. Oh, sure. I don't. So my if he's. Thing, yeah, my thing with Clay is like I don't even think they want him in any super high role now. Anyway, there's just a void left on this team. Um, from Jordan gone, right? Like Chris Paul is supposed to be a guy that fills some level of that role, but he's just not a 23 year old, like prime Chris Paul. So there's only so many things that he can do. Right. You need somebody to take pressure off of Steph, particularly in the half court off the dribble. Right. Clay's is going to be clayed regardless, catch and shoot guy. Like he's not going to be a guy that's going out there taking 20 plus shots a game. Like he was, well, he wasn't even never taking 20 shots a game, but he's not going to, they're not asking him to be prime clay anymore. They just be like, yo, just take the shots that you get. You're going to play less than 30 minutes a game, most likely some nights more than 30. But for the most part, you know, you're just a spot up guy, catch and shoot guy. And they just need another guy. They, You know, like we watched the Thunder game. It's Shea coming at you. It's Jalen Williams doing stuff off the dribble. It's Chet doing stuff off the dribble. They need another dude that can just make something out of nothing against a good player. Right. And they just got Steph doing that right now. So unless they trade this year, right? Um, I mean, I think regardless, I feel like even if they pull, even if they win a championship, I just think it's like, I just think the team's going to look different next year. And I mean, and the thing about it is I think that was always going to be the case. Like that's why they got the Chris Paul contract. Like it was, this is potentially someone who could help, but this is also going to help us free up space the way we need to, to make some moves. Mm -hmm. And why I believe they were never going to extend with clay before the summer, regardless. Mm -hmm. At least not a a number that was going to jeopardize their ability to be flexible financially. 
Right. And I'm sure at least either not a number or not a number of years or both. Right. There's going to be, it was going to be something that was going to be extremely team friendly. And I'm sure Clay was just like, okay, like I'll take it if I have to, but right now I'll just bet on me proving that I'm worth more. Um, we'll see if they ultimately think that, but yeah, we already knew when they got Chris Paul, okay. One year rental, most likely, unless they get a chance, unless they win a championship and he's a big part of it this year, I can't see them just being like, okay, thanks. And then trading them off. That's the only circumstance that I, w- I would think he'd be on this team beyond the summer. So, um, just looking like that process is being sped up, but that was always, like you said, that was always a thought process. We need optionality. That was like the term of the summer optionality. And mm-hmm. They got it, so they're going to probably use it. Yeah. So team will definitely look different next year. It's just a matter of what they do this season. And they're getting to a critical point where the change has to start coming. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, um, Steph was visibly frustrated, you know. But, like, I don't know what that means. You know, it's like, you know, like, to me, I don't think anything has changed in terms of their margin for error being razor thin. Um, And right now they're just leaning into the errors, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, We always knew that they didn't have that other, you know, person who could create something. So that was something we knew going into the season. But a couple of things not really anticipated was like Wiggins, you know, playing the way that he has. We also expected that Kerr was actually really going to utilize the young guys more. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't, even though they've actually been really good, you know. Um, And even in the last game, you know, it's, it's very rare that I disagree with Marcus Thompson, but... He tweeted something that I didn't fully agree with. Um, He said, it's a squandered W, but a better showing. Rotation was good. See, I don't agree with that. I don't think the rotations were good. Um, But I think, I guess if you overlook the 29 turnovers, (laughs) it was a better showing. I mean, the the defense was better, right? Yeah. You know, it was I, in the first quarter. Huh? It was better in the first quarter. Yeah, I, I mean, I the reason why I'm saying I don't think the rotations was good. He said rotation was good, pace good, energy good. Didn't look overwhelmed. Last road games they blew. W's led because they got hot from three, cooled off, and were lost. This one they felt like aggressors. Twenty nine turnovers, twenty eight um, personal fouls, and almost one. OKC is just tough. And he says, but fundamental problems remain. They have zero deterrence and paint. Fouls are partly from defending ISO so much with no rim protection. Off to reliant, often too reliant on motion versus overplaying defenses. Need consistent secondary playmaker. Limited athleticism, which places premium on decision. So a lot of it I agree with. Um, but some of it I don't. And, um, but the part really for me with the rotations, because it actually bugs me. Okay. So, so Chris Paul is out. So automatically for Steve Kerr, apparently that means Kojo has to play, which I don't 
understand or agree with. Like, just right. fucking put um, pods yeah. out there. Like, yeah. at the one. Like, why are we playing pods and Kojo together? So that's first of all. But secondly, why is it is it, okay, all my starters go out, now my entire bench comes... Like, why does he do that? He's never done that before until this year. I understand. <laughs> He's never done that before. And it's crazy. Why, why am I seeing all bench lineups versus Shay? I understand. Yeah. Especially when, like, yeah, Wiggs offensively may have not had it going, but he was defending Shay well. It's okay. but He was defending him well. <laughs> But yeah, I agree on the all bench lineups. I don't know why he's doing that this season. It doesn't make a lot of sense. He started. He literally took Andrew game. Wiggins out the game, and he had just like, I'm not saying that you're locking Shea down, but like it was two or three shots in a row. He defended him straight up on, and Shea missed. Mm-hmm. And then he took him out, and then Shea scored on like the next several possessions. <laughs> I mean, they also just need to get more creative with the way they defend certain teams like i'm sorry i did interrupt you so what were you saying before and then get into the creative with the defense oh and i was just saying he never he never used to do the all bench lineup stuff like it was always um the starters and then it was steph punch it plus a bunch of bench guys and then it was Draymond and clay running the second unit that was before kd came and then they started staggering and stuff like that when kd was there um but even last year i mean the, the the championship year it was it was kind of the same formula now it's just like all bench and it's the starters are struggling so how about you try to integrate a few of the starters in with the bench guys to get some energy next to those guys and play them a little bit better athleticism yeah like that just doesn't make any sense and then like you said kojo should not be the automatic in the rotation just because chris paul is not playing Right, like you're waiting till the end of the game and then, you okay, so you bench Andrew and you go with Kaminga. So if you're willing to do it to close, why don't you fucking utilize it before that point in time? Mm -hmm. And not just with Kaminga, but with Moody and other guys. Yeah. Moody gets 16 minutes. I mean, you kind of called it. I thought he was going to be permanently 20 plus minutes a game guy going forward. He's at 16 minutes and he didn't play his best, but you got to trust guys like that. But, I mean, I personally feel like if Chris Paul is not playing, I mean, I think Trey should be playing anyway. But if Chris Paul is not playing, Trey should definitely be playing. Yeah. Just move pods to the backup one. And now you have more athleticism, especially against a team like this. Like this. I, right. I just think Trey's, even if Chris Paul's there, I think Trey should be playing because right. the, the team, again, the team. So that's why today I thought it was interesting because Chris Paul was practicing pick and roll with Trey's. And I'm like, well, one – uh, is Trace going to play? And two, Chris Paul, are you going to actually run it with him on the floor and realize that Dario is not the only person out there? Mm-hmm. I just think they 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 force it to Dario way too much. He's a good player, but they're 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 pushing it a little bit too far to where some of his flaws start to show up a little bit more. It's like, bro, he's not Jokic. Stop trying to throw it down to him in a post every time a smaller player is on him. Like they're swarming him. He doesn't have the talent pretty much to consistently punish these guys while they're swarming him so like take some pressure off of him don't just force it down because you're also just having guys just sit there and watch him and they're out of rhythm and all this type of stuff like it's just i don't why do they think he's that kind of big he's not he's not 
he can be that like in little little plays here and there, but it should not be a focal point. You should not be running your offense through Dario post ups, like Dario pick and roll post ups. Like just use him as a spacer, and he can do a little bit of stuff off the dribble too. So you don't have to keep putting him in the post. Like it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And it's not working. So you keep doing it, but it's not working. So that's what I also don't understand. Like, what are you seeing as evidence to say, let's keep doing this? Right. I don't know. I mean, he didn't have a bad game. He had 11 points, 12 rebounds, three assists. Um, But you got to ask yourself, like, what's going to help us more long term? Like Dario doing this or like Kaminga being featured a little bit more so he can grow into like the dynamic athlete rim protect rim threat that he already is and get even better at what he does well or how about moses moody like or how about trace jackson davis who just has more upside as that athletic big than anyone else on the roster has right like so and then we keep playing these young athletic teams and we're just not playing our young athletic players It, it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me I mean, it makes perfect sense to me because he's an ass coach, but y'all <laughs> won't get there with me. He's not an X's and O's guy. <laughs> he's a manager of people, apparently, supposedly. Hey. I mean, listen, I, you know... it's 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 honestly just ridiculous because i feel i personally feel like these this year especially if it doesn't improve plus last year and then the that one year where clay was out but steph was available to me i felt like that's three years they squandered of steph's um prime i really do Mm mm-hmm you said which is this year, last year, in 2021? Yeah, that one year where Clay was out. Yeah. Because that season, there was no real team. No, nah, that was a season they definitely could have went for it and potentially did something, definitely more than what they did. I think mm-hmm. that, that was more Joe Lake than, than Steve, but um, yeah. For y'all to only select James Wiseman? <laughs> And again, I'm not even, I'm not one of those people who go back and be like, oh, oh, because, you know, like he was a consensus top three pick at the time. Um, But I just, you did all of that to get James Wiseman, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's, it didn't, it didn't pay off. If you would have gotten Halliburton, I know everyone's in love with LaMelo, but I've never been a LaMelo person. For me, it was always Halliburton. And you could have traded down. You could have traded down because I understand he wasn't going to be, uh, you know, a number two pick. What were they that year? Two or three? Two, right? They were two. Yeah. So fine. Halliburton wasn't a number two pick. Trade down because y'all liked him. Mm-hmm. Trade down, get him, and you would have also gotten some other stuff out of it. Yeah. I was calling for a trade down that whole summer and so it's just like you wasted that year and then you got other you got other picks during this time and you're wasting them now (laughs) 
You're wasting them now. I cannot comprehend it. It's, it just begs the question, like, do they like, do they think about this type of stuff? Like, the way we're having this conversation now, do they have those same conversations? Like, damn, we really fucking this up. Like, <laughs> And then Bob is up there joking, laughing on TV. That would annoy me if I was Lakeup. Who, Bob? Yeah, he's like, I can't explain it. You know, it's you know, the first, it was two nights in a row. So the first time he just started laughing. The second time he's like, there's no explanation. Duh, duh, duh. But like, if I, like, I don't know. If I'm Lakeup, I'd be like, I would like that. Although you're part of the reason why this went down. I'm just saying, I wouldn't. Oh, you up here clowning us on TV? On your new gig? Yeah, Bob. Bob is a funny guy. Like, Bob is um, revered within the fan base, obviously. Um, he was there throughout the whole dynasty and stuff. But <laughs> Bob is a funny dude. Like, I mean, like, a lot of the decisions that he has made the last few years has led to this situation here. Yeah. Right? Since well, I think the question is, if people are going to say, like, did he really have the control, right? Or if it was the owner or whatever. Either way, it's his, it's, it's his sword that mm -hmm. he got to fall on, right? Like, since the KD acquisition, what did we really, what have we really done? You know, like, we got Wiggins. That was the big, that was the big deal that Bob made that put them back in position for contention in 2022. But other than that, it's real. It's not looking good. No, because and I mean part of that too. You got some good picks, but y'all won't do nothing with them. So right. right, it's like, yeah, you know. So we're looking to Mike to to write to put us back on the right path. I mean, quite frankly, I think a lot of what has been done has been a little overrated because I think most of it's just about stuff, right? And Lakeup acquired stuff. Like, mm -hmm. that was done before them, right? So, yes, fine. You got Kerr. He brought in the new system. But since that, like, mm -hmm. the draft picks, a lot of the people are like, well, Loon. Loon is one of the few. Let's not go through the many. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I get, like, when you're picking that late in the draft, um... You know, but we've seen other teams who pick players within the range of the Warriors who have like worked out, right? So you have to question them. You have you have had this conversation with me about the Lakers and how they draft well, right? Like it's the Warriors, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. And I mean, other than Loon, who is on the team still that they've drafted within like the last, I don't know how many years? Right. Right, all of them are either gone or it's just Loon, Moody, Kaminga, and now they just obviously just drafted Paz and Trace. That's it. And gone is like okay, they're gone and like out the league most of them. Yeah, it's not like they're playing somewhere else, thriving. Yeah, like I mean, other than Jordan, who's on the Wizards, they just traded. Obviously, James Wiseman is very close to being like potentially out the league. And there are many, I mean, there are people who argue that, like, y'all sort of, like, screwed up Jordan, too. You know, it's like, I, I think Jordan developed in spite of them, not because of them. Right. Yeah, he locked himself in a gym for, you know, for all that time and got better and forced Kerr's hand to right. 
you know, to to integrate him and change what was going on. He turned himself into that level of player. And they going I mean, and obviously the G League um coach as well played the G a lot. League. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't any type of development plan that Steve put them on or anything like that. Like it was just I'm gonna get better. And the guys in the G League, you know, helped him get better. And that was that was what happened there. But other than that, they just have been not they've been dropping the ball on extending this uh this run. Right. And if Pods ends up being good and Trace ends up being good, that's not credited to Myers. That's Dunleavy. Yeah. That's why you remember the summer when we spoke and I was just like, I gotta say, I don't mind that Bob Myers. Yeah, I was at first I was like, uh Bob, Bob, nah. I that's what I said. I said because Dunleavy, the reason why like I knew how everybody felt about him and I wasn't that high on him, but I said Dunleavy don't got no attachment to any of these dudes. And I think that might be the best thing possible. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do because he's just doing what he thinks is best for sure and and he might get it wrong but I know he's not going off of sentiment I don't like he does not care he will trade all Steph the only one who he won't trade yeah and I mean even beyond that like I think just the newness of it and the failure of the last few years other than the 2022 championship just kind of has I think it has the ownership group more so hands-off than ever before you know it's not like like i said he was texting bob all the time like i think they had that close relationship where it was just like okay i'll just kind of do whatever this guy says whereas when mike is like i'm doing my job and look what y'all have done right let me do my job and i think joe was like yeah we kind of messed up doing too much over the last few years so we're gonna let mike do his thing um so even even beyond the personal connection to Dre and Clay and the other guys beyond Steph, I think he's just in a better position to make good basketball decisions without the pressure of the ownership group down his neck trying to make every decision for him. I hope. I don't know if that's true, but I hope right. so. Right. Right. And I mean, it seems like it. Like he said one second, hey, we want Jordan here. And then the next second, he was gone. So he seems well, a lot more cutthroat. Yeah, he's yeah. a lot more cutthroat than what Bob was, um, you know, which is, I mean, it remains to be seen whether it's a good or bad thing, but it's different. And you just, you know, that he's going to be making basketball decisions, basketball decisions, you know, based on logic and not really sentiment, like you said. Well, one thing I don't, one thing I don't think is that I, I just, I don't see Steph being okay. Just letting another year go by. Mm-hmm. And being like, okay, we'll try it again next year. So I feel like if things really start to go downhill, like there will be some pushes to try to do something at the trade deadline. Yeah, you should. I mean, I don't know because he just goes with so much, but I just can't see him being okay with letting another year go by. Not with the way that they approach this season and we're all meeting up and we're doing this and we're doing that. Yeah. And that's kind of like, dang, you know, he may be like we saw in some of his recent postgame interviews and stuff like that. Like he's like, they're all like, we believe in this team and we believe in the people we got. So if it, you ask yourself like, dang, like if they keep losing, are they just still going to be beating the same drum? Like, nah, we're going to figure it out. Like we've already put in so much time and effort into this specific roster that I don't want any more trades. Like, I don't want to bring anybody new in. Um, so it's like, 
what are we going to get from Steph? Is he going to be like, we're losing, we need to switch this up, or is he going to be like, we've already put in so much time with this specific roster, do we need to just stay the course? I also don't know how much of that is true on its face. You know what I mean? Like That's true. Like, Steph is going to say what he's going to say on the record, you know? Um, And I'm not saying he's, like, a deceitful person or anything like that, but he's not going to be, like, I mean, he's just not that guy, right? So they're going to say we believe in this team and and all those kinds of things. But, like, you guys did say all those things last year, too. I just believe we'll turn it around and we'll get it Mm -hmm. together. said that a lot, Clay. And, um, you know... Um, the thing that's so weird is like, to me, Andrew Wiggins don't really have no ego. So, I mean, I don't know if you end up trading him or not, but I don't really think it's a big deal to move him. He's not gonna like fight y'all. If you're like, we need you to do something. I don't know that it makes sense to bring him off the bench. Cause like it's the defense, but I'm just saying like, to me, he's not really the issue so that's why I, I still don't – the minutes thing to me is weird because it's like you can lessen Andrew Wiggins' minutes. So whose minutes is it that you're so concerned with not lessening? Clay's? You know, you guys have sent Loon to the bench so many times. So it's not a Loon thing, right? So who is it? Like, why is it so hard for you? Who, Steve? Yeah, because, I mean, the only person it can be is Clay because it's not Andrew as far as when I, when I say the only person it could be is Clay, what I mean by that is not that like, oh, you know, like Clay just shouldn't play or anything like that. I'm just saying when he was saying it's so hard to find minutes and you know all this stuff, I'm like, but why? Like I watched you bench Andrew already at the end of games, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all have sent Looney to the bench. So there's places for you to find minutes from. So why is it so hard? That's what I'm really saying. What what is it so hard for you, Kerr? Um, he has the guys that he wants to play a ton. Like, I mean, he has Kavon Looney. Who, I mean, I'm gonna just be real. Like Kavon Looney, the way he's been been playing up to this point, he didn't have a terrible game last game. But the way he's been playing up to that point probably should have been completely out of the rotation. I'm just be honest, right? He was slowing them down on both ends. Right. And we've said that, but that's my point. It's like, why is it so hard now all of a sudden to, for you to bench Looney when you guys have done it so many times before in the past, like you can look out there and see he's not playing well. So give someone else the fucking minutes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it goes beyond ego when it, when it comes to that type of stuff, it's also like players confidence in themselves and, and how they feel the coach has confidence in them, right? Like, if he just completely benched Looney completely. I get all that, but, like, we're at a certain point in the season. Yeah, yeah, but you don't want to lose a guy, right? So I I understand. So how long? What do you do? How long? How long do you go? That's the question. It's like, okay. You don't want to lose a guy, but you need to start winning. For sure. For sure. This is the dilemma that. Coach These are the things I just don't feel like other teams carry on with for so long. Tyloo, he'd be like, all right, homie. <laughs> yeah. But- I just don't understand. It's always a thing with this team. You don't want to do this. You want to every other fucking team does it. Like you gotta start winning at some point in time. Yeah. You have to start winning at some point in time. That's true. So I just don't understand. Like, yes, you don't want to lose a guy, but like hello, guy, you need to play better. Maybe benching will make you play better. You keep getting patience, and you're not playing well. 
So get fucking benched and then maybe you will. And I don't even mean it like Looney shouldn't. And I, huh? I mean, I think he's leaning towards that now. Right. But it, it, it to me, they always wait for too long. This is why they were in a playing position all those years ago where they ended up. It's always you wait till too long to do the fucking thing you need to do. Last year it was, oh, we don't need to chase wins. We all still rest players, even though we're like, why do you think you can do this? <laughs> that was always idiotic, but. So that's what I'm saying. It's just like, you got to do it while Stephen Curry is healthy on the court and can play. We don't know what the team is going to look like in a month. Mm-hmm. You don't know what may happen. So when you have him available to play, Put the right fucking players in the game and play them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't disagree. I am oh, so yeah. over the moments and we can't find this and we can't. It's not that fucking hard. Yeah, but at the same time, this team is full of players who play great one game and then not good the next game. I haven't seen Loon play no great games. Oh, yeah. Loon, I mean, Loon played 16 minutes last game, like I said. And he also serves to me a different function than some of those people who have a game where they play well, like where they're just a little bit more needed than him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, sorry, Loon. Yeah. I mean, if, if it was up to me, but if it was up to me, there would be some games where he didn't play at all. The Thunder aren't a matchup for him, so I wouldn't play him at all against the Thunder. I'm just be honest. Right. He's a big that plays against the Bruisers, right? I would play him against Denver. I would play him against the Kings. I would play him against Philly. You know, if they got a big center that's down there trying to post up and stuff, I'll play him against yeah. them. But against these teams where everybody's a three-point threat and everybody makes you guard in space and they can dribble, he's not playing against them. That's just me. Um, but again, he didn't have a bad game. But still, like, that's where minutes can come from. There. Exactly. Dario, 23 minutes. It's a lot of minutes. He was a plus four in his minutes, but I mean, should that have been plus 10? You know, if he's a little bit more mobile, like, I don't know. He also, for the most part, played with the bench squad. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? What, what if you switch him up? What if you switch him up? Yeah. Like, how about no Corey Joseph and put Trace there? So now you're big. Trace and Dario and Kaminga. That's pretty big, pretty athletic when with Trace and Kaminga. Pods, Moody. I mean, you know, Pods and Clay. You know, if you want to put a starter in the um second unit or something like that. I don't know. I just feel like that he's just not allocating the minutes the way he needs to. No. That's what I'm saying. The rotations are still off. Mm-hmm. So it's just like and why are you so hell-bent on – there's just been this debate, right, about the turnovers and why they're happening. And we know this team has always been turnover-prone. And some of the passes are lazy, but that's not all that it is. That's not all that it is. And I just do not understand how people don't see that the system itself lends itself to some of these turnovers. I'm not saying it's all. And when people say like, you know, this is what they've always run, da-da-da-da, because someone tried to tell me like, we just don't have like 
the ball handlers and necessarily, and I'm just like, but when have we? <laughs> like, we've never had a, a, a multitude. Like, yeah, you had Sean, you had Andre, like, over the years. But mm. I said, I just think that teams have, like, figured out the offense a little bit more. It's, it's not really so much that we have, like, all these great, better ball handlers. They, the yeah. yeah. The league is different. It's younger. It's more athletic. It's more mobile. Right. The beginning of the dynasty teams were still playing two bigs or at least one lumbering big. So they can the Warriors could do the motion off and stuff and pretty much still get a good shot every single time because it was one person on the court for the other team that was always too slow. Now they playing lineups out there. The Thunder starting lineup is Holmgren, Jalen Williams, Shea, Giddy and Dort. Giddy's the slowest person out there for them. And he's closing out the Wiggins and just staying in front of him. Like he's still six, seven, six, eight. 21 22 years old can kind of move his feet depending on who he's guarding then they're bringing isaiah joe aaron wiggins aaron wiggins case and wallace off the bench these are guard you know six seven six 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 four mobile fast athletic players so the, the motion stuff is going to get blown up because these dudes are too young athletic and quick they're just they're jumping and passing lanes yeah, jumping everything so you need to be able to just say okay forget the motion stuff I'm going to just score on you. Like, I'm going to go by you. Or I'm just going to run a pick and roll and get something out of that. The motion stuff against these young teams, that's why every time we saw early in the dynasty when they played the Thunder, they had all that length and athleticism. They was blowing the Warriors stuff up. The Cavs was blowing the Warriors stuff up early. We already saw the signs. Now every team in the league is built like that, where every team has like a bunch of six seven, six five, six sixes, where everybody's athletic, everybody's long. And we've seen your stuff for the last decade. So we know what you're running, right? Split action. Then we just top lock it, like, with a super athlete. And now everybody else on the Warriors is slower, too. So everybody else is faster, and we're slower, and we're running the same stuff. You're going to get turnovers. Like, yeah, that's what – I mean, that's, in my opinion – I mean, obviously, they brought Chris Paul in for that reason because he's not going to turn it over, but he's also not going to just go out there and make a play either. You know, he's not going to go out there, take the ball and say, okay, y'all blitz and stuff. You can't guard me, whoever's checking me. I'm just going to score on you. He's not that type of guy. Jordan was, but Jordan was also a turnover machine. They need somebody that could be both, like <laughs> who's not going to turn the ball over and is just going to generate offense when they blitz stuff. And that's, again, that's only in the second unit anyway. So he, like, the turnovers are happening with the main guys. Yeah. It's happening in the first unit. So Chris Paul can't help for the entire fucking game, even if that was the plan. Yeah. And these guys are having to carry such a, a heavy load with the, the first unit, Steph and Dre in particular, that they're just making very, like, they're making mental mistakes late in the game as well. I'm sure they're gassed out there. Like, you know, it was one, it was one play. I think Dre got the rebound and he thought Steph was ready for the outlet to go up. And then Steph turned around for a little bit, ball go straight out of bounds. And they both look at each other and kind of high five, like, yeah, that was both our fault. Stuff like that's happening. Like, even the game against the Clippers, Dray, Draymond thinks Clay's going back door, but Clay cuts back to the ball. Dre throws a straight out of the bounds. It's like mental mistakes like that only happen when you're really, really tired at the end of the game. Um, and it's not an excuse, but at the end of the day, you can make your you can make their lives much easier than it is than it's been for them. Like, and yeah, they they just got to find a way to do that. I think simplifying it is one of those ways. And playing your athletes is another one of those ways. You don't have to 
run a million and one cuts when you got a guy that can you can just lob it over everybody. You know? So. And every time, for the most part, y'all put Kaminga out there and good things are happening. So yeah. play him. Yeah. He's a free athlete. He's just in transition, in and out, goes right to goes right in Chet's area and just lays it up over him. Nobody else on the team is doing that. Right? I'm sure Trace can get near, get a few offensive rebounds and just dunk it back. Only other guy on the team that can do that. He might be the only guy on the team that can just get an offensive rebound like that and just dunk it back immediately. From a as a big at least. So I don't know. I really don't know. I still like resist when people say this team isn't good. Da, 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 da. Yeah. But yeah, there's a big gap between the team being bad and the team being championship level. Right. They're not a bad team just because they don't look like a contender right now. Right. It doesn't mean they're a bad team. The Thunder are very good. Like like Chet thirty I mean Shea thirty eight points. I don't know how many contested mid ranges he hit. Right. And that's why I laugh too, because I, I, I hate when people when they're like right now the words are struggling. So people should say, I told you, I told you, but this is not what y'all said. Y'all exactly. said they were gonna you know, like, I'm sorry, like, shout out to my boy, Chris from Who's Faces, but you're full of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you keep saying, I said, no, this is not what you say. You were talking about no one's scared of the Warriors anymore and all this stuff. I'm like, listen, that game, every game played with OKC has been close. Right. Because he's just like, yeah, like, if they really shoot norm, their normal percentages, I said, well, they shot their normal percentages and it was still a close game. And I said, and it was a close game when we were missing guys and they had all their guys and it was still a close game. Like every single game has been close. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's what I'm just like, the Warriors are not being blown out of these games. They're not getting like run off the court. It, it, that's not what's happening in these games. If that was, then I'd be like, yeah, yo, they're not right in the Last same league with anyone out. else. Last year, they were getting blown out. <laughs> against every good team they played, they were getting blown out, especially on the road. They would only beat decent teams at home because they had that home magic going and people would not miss when they were at home. But these are good teams that they're playing on the road. They just play OKC on the road. Again, Jalen Williams, 12 for 15. You mean to tell me he got 15 open shots? Right, and I said some, I said some of that was the Warriors' defense. Some of it was their defense. And on top of it, like, that's a game, another one, they should have won. So right. yeah, do I am I surprised that the young legs beat them out in an overtime game? No, but they had that game won in regulation because you were tweeting it like you were tweeting it, Chris. You were like, "Oh, Steph just probably did it," and then you go back and you fuck up and you foul, mm -hmm. you know, a three point, you know, like chat. It just it's wild, actually, the way that they found ways to to lose games this year, and it's been the main guys. It's been the main guys. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm seeing like silly tweets about like the guys around them and then pointing to the young guys. This stop. This is not on the young guys. No. The young guys have, have been keeping them in games. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have at least statistically the best bench in the league. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what y'all are looking at when y'all say. Like calling up, like the bench is good, right? We think some certain bench players should be playing more, and some should be playing less. 
but for the most part, as a collective, the bench is fine. Yeah. The, the starting unit has been terrible. And it's just been very, very slow getting all of the starters up to the level that they were last year. I mean, they are super far away from that. Like they're going from one of the best, if not the best starting five in the league last year to the worst. And I don't know that it's going to improve. Like I, I call me crazy because I'm still holding out hope for like Wiggins and, you know, I know Clay will have good nights, but I, I don't, I don't know if Looney is going to become a better version of himself again. I mean, I don't, I don't foresee it. Right. So it's just like, you got to find a different answer. He needs to come off your bench when it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think the answer is a trade, not trading him per se, but trading for someone who can immediately just be in that spot. It might not be a center. You might have to move Dre to center, but I mean, that's was I think that's what's going to happen. I think that immediately fixes all of their issues depending on the player they get. But yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Well, we don't know what's going to happen, but you know, um, like we said, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they're right now still not even in the top ten. And um, they got to figure something out. They got who next? The Clippers, the Suns, or the Clippers? They got the Suns, who will have Beal back. We don't know if KD's playing, right? But these guys love to be healthy when it comes to playing the Warriors, and then they are hurt when they play everybody else. Yeah, and it's gonna be in Phoenix. So, and that is on Tuesday, I believe. And then they have the Clippers after that. Both of those games are in those teams' homes. So, Warriors right now, two games under 500. Yep. They won't have Gary for either. He should be reevaluated by the end of this week, which means both of those games will have been played by that point. Um, Clay is sick, so he didn't practice today. But, I mean, they play in two days, so he's probably going to play. Right. But, I mean, we keep watching this team get leads and then just blow it. It's another reason why it's like, which team do you think they are? The team that blows the lead or the team that gets the lead? They're obviously both, but (laughs) one of them, they got to pick a side. I think eventually they're going to be the team that gets the lead more often. But it, it becomes a question of, is it too late? How much ground do you have to make up in the standings? How much effort do you have to put into making it out of the play-in or at least getting a favorable play-in spot in that that domino effect that we saw last year? They run out of gas in the playoffs. So you got to do something quick. Start winning some games quick. This is why I think they really need to lean into their youth. For sure. Lean into your youth. They are actually good. Last year, we cannot say that. This year, we can say that. Yeah, I mean, I think last year we probably could have. I was just about to say, you know what? You know what? I was just about to say, if you would have leaned into the youth at the beginning of the year, Mm -hmm. by the end of the postseason, they would have been, like, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. The correct youth. They leaned into James Wiseman early and it tanked them. But the other guys. (laughs) But, like, the way Denver's bench came along. Yeah. 
and they, I mean, Denver's leaning into their youth now. They have no choice now, but who knows by the end of the season, they probably have one or two guys from that bench that are on, you know, second or third year that step up and they're going to be good in the playoffs most likely. So lean into your youth, Moody, Kaminga, Pods, Trace. Play all four of them. They're all, all four of them are good. That's, that's the funny part. It's like all four of them are good and we're seeing Kojo play. Why is he playing? He shouldn't play at all. He should be a locker room guy. Yes, and doing lots of stupid shit when he plays. So why? And it's like, And it's also like, okay, he doesn't turn the ball over. He's a feisty defender. He also doesn't make positive plays either. He's right. There. We never see like, dang, Kojo, Kojo was out there getting stiff. Like he's, His he's obsession out. with just not turning the ball over is so yeah. fucking stupid they to me. turn it over. <laughs> he still had 30 turnovers, bro. Stop playing him. He ain't the one turning it over. So there's no point in even playing him. He ain't stopping the turnovers from happening, bro. So play guys that can actually score, that can actually do something with the ball. Anyway, I mean, yeah, that's that's all I see out there. Dario and Loon combined for 39 minutes, zero trace minutes. Come on, man. You can't chop 10 minutes off of that and give it to Trace. Dario's been turning the ball over a lot too. This is a, stop yeah. trying to make him do too too much with the fucking yeah. ball. It's annoying me. <laughs> Giving him the ball too much. He should be in the belly roll, where belly only touched it when he was open for three, and he just made a decision: Am I shooting it or am I pump fake and drive and kick to somebody else? That's it. He wasn't giving belly post ups and all that other shit. Like, come on, man. Giving him the ball too much. 